Police officers know it only takes a few seconds of someone texting and driving for things to go terribly wrong. That's why officers are increasing enforcement of texting and driving laws. So put your phone down when driving, or be prepared for the consequences. You drive, you text, you pay. Paid for by NHTSA. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front. This is your host, Simon Provan. That's right, it's just Simon Provan today. I'll have some other guests with me later in the show, but Baxter is still gallivanting the country, doing what he loves to do. He's uh, been working on a documentary called A Billion Lives. Maybe when we get him on the phone later today, we can talk to him about that. But let's get to it. Again, you are listening to Two Up Front, actually more like One Up Front today. But nevertheless, we are brought to you by Three Lions Pub. Great place to go to there in Shorewood, Wisconsin. So if you haven't been there in a while, make sure you check it out. Make sure you also tune into us every Tuesday and Thursday, 12 to 1 p.m. Cent- Central, live here on Spreaker. But you can find us all over the place. On demand, we're at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Vavil USA, uh, SPN, which is the Sports Podcasting Network. And of course, as I said, Spreaker.com. A great place to go to listen to our week of shows is our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com. You can also find us on Facebook, of course. Just type in 2upfront in the search bar, and you'll find us there, I'm sure, pop up right away. You can also find us on Twitter, at 2upfront. I am at Simon Provan, and he is at Baxter Colburn, whether he's in the studio or not. Special happy birthday, by the way, to Mr. Mark Litton, who was here last week. He was going to be here today, unfortunately. Well, he says work called him in. Mark, now that I know it's your birthday, I'm not quite sure if it's work that called you in or if it's uh, perhaps the Three Lions Pub that called you in for your birthday. (laughs) Nevertheless, a couple of great guests we're going to have on today's show. Andy Davi from the Milwaukee Torrent, of course, the owner and head coach. He's going to come in the studio. Actually, I might tell you a little secret. He's sitting across from me right now, but uh, we'll get to him a little bit later. He's going to give us some updates on the season for 2017, perhaps tell us about a few uh, players. Um, and we'll talk, you know, maybe we'll talk a little Bundesliga with Andy when he's in here. Uh, we also, in the, our fourth segment today, we have Kristen Edmonds, who is the goal-leading scorer goal-scoring leader for the Orlando Pride. So, exciting show to get to. Of course, we start out every show with the kick-around. So, let's get to it. First thing I want to talk about today is actually not MLS. It's not the U or NWSL, but it's actually the USL. And I have to tell you, if you are a New York Red Bulls fan, you got to be excited about this. This was the first USL Cup final in which an MLS-owned team has won the title. Now, I know Some people aren't going to be excited about that. Others are. Uh, Some people say this is ridiculous. You shouldn't have reserve teams in the third division. But for those of you who don't know, and uh, Andy Davi can confirm this when we talk to him, there are reserve teams, uh, Bundesliga teams, in the third level of the German league. So this is not unusual, fans. So for those of you who say, hey, we got to follow the European model, well, this is part of the European model. One of the things is I know that they can't be promoted any higher than the third league. 
So this is not unusual for a reserve team of a first division league to win a lower league. Now getting to it, though, what I was saying about New York Red Bulls fans, New York Red Bulls to say what you want about the name defeated the Swoop Park Rangers, who are owned by Sporting Kansas City, so basically two MLS reserve teams here. Red Bulls just destroyed them 5-1. to one. Brandon Allen with a hat trick. He is a homegrown signed player from the Red Bulls, so you got to be excited about that. He's also up for USL MVP. Along with that, there were a number of homegrown players for the New York Red Bulls that played in the game, plus two 17-year-olds were playing in this game for the New York Red Bulls. Makes you wonder a little bit about Sporting Kansas City and what's going on with their academy. Of course, they made the final, so that's a big positive step. But to lose 5-1, to one, well, that's not the uh, greatest look on your future in the world. Of course, it's reserve teams. They don't mean everything about the future. But when you can look at younger players and uh, coming out, scoring a hat trick, getting time as 17-year-olds, that's a big deal. Game was held at Red Bull Arena, by the way. Uh, a mild attendance there, 5,500, almost 5,600. So so not the best, but again, when you're talking third division, not terrible. So once again, congratulations to the New York Red Bulls USL side winning USL Cup 5-1. to one. Now I do want to talk a little bit about MLS. Good news, bad news for the league this week. Uh, great news for them is that their attendance broke yet another record uh, for themselves. Total league-wide average was 21,692, so just about 21,700. That broke last season's record-setting year of 21,574, so, you know, over 100 more people. Of course, Seattle, as they always do, led the way, averaging 42,600 fans. It was actually a 4% drop for them, however, uh, but still, when you're drawing 42,000 fans into your stadium for MLS, you got to feel, feel good about that. Perhaps on the flip side, a little bit surprising here, FC Dallas drops 12% in their league average, just over 14,000, almost 14-1. You know, I remember the days, though, and this is... Uh, this is why Baxter has me on this show with him. I remember the days, though, when we were happy to get, you know, five or six MLS clubs to get above that 10,000 mark. There was a time in which there were minor league clubs, for example, the Rochester Rage, Raging Rhinos, were averaging more fans per game than many of the MLS clubs. I also remember the days where the New England Revolution was the top drawing team. And, of course, that's not happening anymore. The Revolution, by the way, looking here... They were about midway in the league, so still decent, you know, almost just over 20,000 fans a game. But when you're playing in that large football stadium, that just feels like nothing. So you were certainly hoping every year that they do get a stadium. And, of course, every year Bob Kraft does come out and say, hey, we're, we're seriously looking at a stadium. Unfortunately, it also seems to come about when they're looking to drive their season ticket sales. So you do wonder how serious are the crafts about actually building a stadium or is this their way of just trying to sell more season tickets? So Revolution fans, I feel for you. Uh, same thing as well about uh, about DC United. Got stadium plans. Looks like the stadium's going to happen and now there's been another hiccup in that in which the uh, the company that owns or wants to own a lot of that space for retail is basically telling the D.C. United or the, uh, the the D.C. local government that they should have a claim to that. I don't know all the details, but I got to tell you, I feel for you, D.C. United fans. You've been fighting for a stadium for a long time. Yes, RFK is historic. I personally have never been there, 
But for everything that I hear from DC United fans, it's kind of a fun place to go, but it's also decrepit. It's a stadium that I believe is about 60 years old, and just seeing it on TV, it's it's not very attractive. So you do hope DC United, listen, whether they get into an 18,000-seat stadium, a 25,000-seat stadium, they need their own stadium out there. So anyways, attendance overall, really well. Being a Debbie Downer here, announce averages up and then talk about all the teams that uh, need stadiums and maybe are down a bit on attendance. But nevertheless, uh, attendance is up. Now, the bad news is TV ratings, which are not great to begin with for MLS, are apparently overall down. Now, this is, of course, uh, you know information that's been leaked. There's, there's nothing out there right now saying definitive numbers. However... TV ratings for MLS, when it gets to corporate sponsorships, that's what it's all about. And unfortunately, TV ratings are down. You would like to think that perhaps it's because you've got more fans going to the games, but you can't paint this a rosy picture when your TV ratings are already pretty minuscule unless they get a good bump from uh, from Champions League or even NFL games on Fox. you want to see better ratings throughout the season, so... TV ratings down is not a good thing for MLS. I know back in August, Fox Sports 1 had their worst MLS TV rating day ever, only drawing in, I think, 50,000 views or something like that. It was it was really, really low. So you do hope that at some point those ratings start to go up. Uh, last thing that I want to touch on here, let me uh, let me get my programming schedule up. I had it, and I had an article in there that I wanted to touch on. Just uh, here it is. MLS players retiring. You, you, you've heard about Ned Grabovoy, Jack Jewsbury, officially retired with Portland officially being out of the playoffs, which, uh, you know, I'm a Portland fan, so that's extremely disappointing. But Zach Scott announced his retirement a couple weeks ago, and now yesterday, Brad Davis of Sporting Kansas City spent a lot of time with Houston as well, has also announced his retirement. He's one of those great American players that he got a few caps with the U.S. national team, but he was very much a true-blood MLS player. Exciting thing is, is Brad Davis gets to face off against Zach Scott in the first round of the playoffs of Sporting Kansas City. Goes against Seattle. Not to get too much away, we're going to talk more later with Baxter about the uh, upcoming playoffs. But for now, that is our kick around. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we do have our friend Andy Davi in studio.
back in the two up front studio here with Andy Dobby, owner and head coach of the Milwaukee Torrent. Welcome back to two up front. Again, be sure to check us out on our website, twoupfrontsoccer.com. You can find our weekly shows there as uh, well as some gear, too. We've got T-shirts. Soon we're going to get those hats up on there. Uh, so make sure you check out the twoupfrontsoccer.com homepage. But I hinted about it. I even told you he was actually in the studio. And uh, hopefully we get some talk about the Bundesliga that I had mentioned. Not that I was wrong, but Andy's going to shed a little more light on that. But before we get to that, we want to talk about the Milwaukee Tour. And so, Andy Davi, welcome back to Two Up Front. Thank you very much for having me again. Always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's good. Uh, this is the first time you're in our new studios. Yes. You, you walked in very impressed, which is uh, always a good thing to see. That's great. It's great. <laughs> Uh, but let's get right to it, Andy. You got some. Uh, you're, you're moving from uh, yep. first of all your home field and and some other announcements that you have to share about the Milwaukee Torrent. But first, let's talk about the move from Eline Soccer Park to Hart Park in Wauwatosa. Yeah, it was uh, for us a move um, that we think, from a business perspective, uh, was necessary. Um, we needed a place where um, where we really come first and. Um, we need we needed a place where we actually we need to practice on the field that you play on um and hard park approached us um obviously there is much more bars restaurant and retail around what helps us um with sponsorship with marketing um and yeah they build they're going to build new locker rooms uh, we have our schedule all set, and like I said, for for us, the most important thing, and for the guys, was that we practice on the same field that we play on. That is really important. So, so, so when you were playing at Eline Park, which uh, which field were were you practicing on? Was it just whichever one was open, or how did that work for you? Yeah, I mean, it it was. We practiced not really often, not time on a cable, and um, but I'm I'm really thankful that that Eline Soccer Park, that the Milwaukee Kickers, that they helped us. Um, and um, once I understand also their side, it was the first year. Nobody really knew how this how this is going to work. But um, like I said, I need to practice on the field that I play on. And, and I cannot practice on a little academy field or, or on grass when we play on turf. And it's just, like I said, from a business perspective, um, it was just the, um, a better move. And again, I'm really thankful that they helped us in the first year. And yeah, but now we're looking forward to the thing at Hard Park. We have the whole... Um, the mayor is behind us. Um, it's it's so far a great experience to work with them, and um, yeah, they they can guarantee us already twelve games, uh, even that we don't even have a schedule. But we know from from May till August we can have twelve home games if we want. Well, and that's that's one of the biggest things that we're talking about is now you are actually in the league. You're no longer a provisional team. Uh, what correct. what does that mean for the torrent? Yeah, that mean first of all it means that we uh, when we again that's as successful as we were this year that we play for regionals and nationals that we finally qualify for open cup because there's a new rule you need to have like 10 league games even if you do not qualify through the npsl but if we get 10 league games in then you can uh, qualify through the state right now are the playing games all all over the the country for for the open cup but um, yeah that's really important also we know we can play during the week some games we have saturdays and sundays it, it gives us much more opportunities so as you said your your primary tenants 
of the facility now, if, if I heard you right. I'm assuming Friday nights, though, are still reserved for high school football over there? That is correct, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> well, nothing's going to change. We still, we still want to play Saturdays at 6 o'clock. Um, and obviously the, the Tosa kickers are, are there. They, they have practice there. There's lacrosse practice. But it was nothing that interferes with us. Well, and as you said, I mean, the area is very hopping over there in Tosa. It's a beautiful place. Of course, that's, that's around the area where they have Tosa Fest. And, yeah. but, but you got many bars around there. You even have a, a soccer bar around the corner there. They're not a sponsor, so I'm not going to say their name. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it, it makes it for a much more lively atmosphere before and after the game. Right. Then that there's uh, parking will be free, tailgating. Uh, we were already with some uh, conversations if there will be a, a beer tent at, at the parking area that people can tailgate. Like I said, much, much more different different options for, for us. Uh, I think season ticket will sale will, will I hope be going to sell more. Um, I think we have now really the potential to have at every game a four-digit number after we had like 940, 74 the last, right. the last <laughs> game. What was really, yeah, but again, it was our first year. I think uh, we did everything right so far. The success, success was there. Um, and now we're building up the new team and looking forward to the move. Well, that's a great transition there. We've talked a lot about off the field, but on the field, uh, what can you tell me? Uh, any new players that you're you're able to announce on the show today? Or yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure where that's all at, but uh, but if you can, it'd be cool to, cool to hear for the fans to know, even some of the players that are returning as well. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm publishing now at the same time as I talk to you. So, um, the newest, newest addition from, from our tryout is, uh, a player called Mark Hutchinson. Uh, lives actually in Sun Prairie. Oh, okay. All right. Um, near Madison. Near Madison, uh, English player. Does a lot of soccer camps, coaches down in Madison. Um, came at our tryout, um, and we, we signed him directly after that first tryout. Uh, tall, strong player, midfielder. Um, gives us much more depth options in, in midfield. Um, like I said, I just published him at the same time. I, I say this here on, on so, our so we, social we, we media. So we can officially say you heard it here first, though. You heard it here front. first. Yeah, you heard it here <laughs> first. Um, we had yesterday the second tryout where we narrowed it down. Um, where we made the decision to offer uh, four more players a contract. Um, and like I said, um, but we, I have to talk to those players right now. Obviously, it was, it was yesterday. Um, the tryouts this year gave us much more quality than, than last year. With all respect to the players that came to our tryouts, and we were thankful for them. But obviously, with success, you draw also quality. Um, we had players there from Fargo, from Florida again, who came for the second tryout. Wow. A player from Minnesota came down for the second tryout. A player from Indiana. Um, the quality next year of the team will be m better than this year. And it, it was a great team. But it's, it's like I said, we have in the depth. Now we really know we have 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, who you can sub without any doubt in, you know, and you don't lose the quality of play. Who are some of those quality players that are coming back this year um, from we, last year? From last year. So we have already uh, Drew Ruggles going to come back, Chris Kurth, um, Stuart Grable, Logan Fye, Nemanja Medic, uh, Nick Berry. Uh, the Patterson brothers are coming back. Um, so still in discussion with, with some of the players. We're still thinking of Ian Bennett. Uh, we still have to find a solution um, for, um, for Weber, for James Weber, because he moved, moved to Minnesota. I had a conversation last week with Declan Rodriguez, who goes uh, this mid-November, end November, he goes to Europe finally for, for some tryouts in, in the Netherlands and in Serbia. 
Um, if he gets only a contract to the summer, he's going to play for us. Um, and if this all works out with the four players and the three players that I just uh, told you, we're set. Uh, so there, Excellent. Won't, there won't be another tryout. Um, obviously, the newest addition before was Andrew Wiederbach and uh, Chinu Ch uh, Shang. Um, mm -hmm. We uh, published those two a few months ago. Right. What is also a great pickup. Um, we're, we're still having the, the Triana brothers, Landon Bullock. Um, so it's, it is much, much more depth than we had before. Excellent. So it's going to be an exciting season. Do you have an official, I know you said you, you will get 12 dates from Hart Park, but has the league published uh, your first? N no, the, the AGM is in the first week of December. Um, there will be, again, some changes in the division. Um, I think it actually looks like that we make only two divisions, that we will okay. that we will okay. go in into the East Division. Um, <clears throat> uh, the Minnesota Twin Stars decided to make to take a break this year. Uh, why I don't know, but I mean at at the the East Division you have AFC Cleveland, current national champion, is in there. The two Indiana teams. So this will be all decided when we have that first meeting, first the divisions, and then the schedule shouldn't be a big problem. All right, well, well, we'll make sure that we are looking out for that schedule. And once again, folks, to go out to those torrent games, you'll be heading out to Ar Hart Park this season, not over at Eline Soccer Park. So make sure you uh, pay attention to that. Go over to MilwaukeeTorrent.com for uh, season tickets. And, and you've been announcing all kinds of uh, gadgets and everything else with the torrent logo on them. Yeah, yeah, it's now uh, picked it up a little bit. We, uh, we actually hired two people. Um, to do some more... Uh, you heard it here first. Andy Davi has delegated some work to other people. <laughs> yeah, I still can't believe that. But um, to grow it more and more, I need I need more help. And we had uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had this, this nice meeting, the behind-the-scenes meeting, where like around about 30 people were there, and we, we talked about what for volunteer opportunities we have. Um, so fundraising opportunities. We hired somebody for fundraising now. Um, because it's just it's gonna get too much so and i still have my hand over everything like you just saw with the, <laughs> with the post right but um yeah we are pretty active much more active on social media than before and i think we did already a good job but the goal must be to have like six seven posts every day it doesn't matter if it's facebook twitter instagram people need to know that we're on it and it seems like people like specifically this historical stuff that we post out now what is really interesting i didn't even know this with a goal post that we with a crossbar did uh, you know did you see that i, I haven't seen it yet some, to be honest with, some you. with the 1800s the, I, i'm the history buff on this show so yeah. you know i'll be checking it out so it doesn't matter how long the posts were if you score a goal in between, it was a goal. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Wow. Someone until the Man, missed, my, missed my calling. Yeah, late eighteen hundreds. <laughs> but it, it's interesting, and this is just stuff that that I'm helpful that that I have um, a, a, a lady called uh, her name is Therese Kean, uh, who are heavily involved with the town with the whole family. Um, she does this and she wants to do it and it's always great when you get people who are really involved and, and a part of it who really want to be a part of it absolutely well speaking of being a part of stuff Andy we only got about two minutes but uh, you wanted to comment on you heard me talking about the yes. Bundesliga the third division teams and, and shaking your head yes that I, w I was correct on some of this but then you after we went to break you talked about a couple of things with me. If you want to shed light on this with the rest of the Americans listening to the show. <laughs> yeah, many, many uh, professional teams from the Bundesliga, they don't have a second team anymore. 
because they just say um, they don't want to uh, spend the money and they say so youth soccer goes in, or in Europe till U19 and they say if a U19 player cannot make the transition from U19 to pros he won't make it in the in the second team so Leverkusen doesn't doesn't have a second team uh, Frankfurt doesn't have a second team there are so many teams who don't have it and and it seems to work I mean look look at Christian Pulisic I think this summer he played in the U17 final against Bayer Leverkusen and look where he is now Yeah, absolutely. Something we're going to talk about, or I'll be talking about a little bit later in the show. But yeah, what a, yeah. What a week he's had, but what a season he is yeah. having. So it's, it's I mean, and, and I agree with it. If, you, if, if you're 19, if you cannot make the jump there, you do not develop in a second team. Because most, most of, the, of the pro teams use those, seven, uh, those second teams to get players who are injured, give them some playing time that they get in their rhythm again. So if you look through the rosters or then at game days, how many players actually from the Bundesliga team play on the second team to get in their rhythm after an injury or for whatever behavior or something it's a lot well um, andy certainly appreciate your insight appreciate you coming on to up front talking a little bit more of uh milwaukee torrent today and uh wish you the best of luck in 2017 thank you very much thanks for having me again thank you there he goes andy davi owner and head coach of the milwaukee torrent some exciting announcements there make sure you check out the torrent season go to milwaukeetorrent.com that's where you'll find all your torrent information going back to break when we come back we'll talk a little bit men's national team and women's national team see you on the other side Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. I am Simon Provan. Baxter Colburn is away, enjoying himself, pushing his documentary that he's done with with Attention Era Media Studios. So uh, we wish Baxter the best of luck. Of course, 
As I hinted before, you will hear from him later in the show. I'll be giving him a buzz to talk a little MLS. Well, let's turn to the national team program, both the men's and the women's. Of course, you had the women playing Switzerland twice in a matter of a few days. Uh, but the big news out of the U.S. men's camp that I'd like to touch upon, apparently a big rift now between Jurgen Klinsmann and Darlington Nagby. A lot of mixed emotions going on with this one. Not really sure what the whole story is. So to catch you up to speed, if you haven't heard, first of all, Nagby, it's turned out, has uh, turned down a call up from Jurgen Klinsmann. Uh, Klinsmann apparently not happy about this. Nagby first saying it was for family reasons. But Sports Illustrated uh, quotes Taylor Twelman actually making a report that it wasn't just for family reasons. Apparently, Darlington Nagby feels he's not getting a fair shake with the U.S. national team, and in some ways you can understand that. He hasn't really started a game. He's He's been getting a few minutes here or there, but he hasn't been given the opportunity to show what he can do at the start and play 90 minutes for the U.S. men's national team in the 10 or so caps that he has had, so you can feel for Darlington Nagmi. Now, on the flip side, Jurgen Klinsmann, we know that he picks and chooses players that he wants to work into the system. Now, Nagby is not that young anymore, uh, so perhaps some people are confused why Klinsman's taking his time with Nagby. Nevertheless, it is Klinsman's call, and we know that Klinsman, well, maybe I shouldn't say we know, but it certainly seems to be that Klinsman's, Klinsman likes to hold grudges, and uh, while well, word is coming out that Nagby is done for as long as Klinsman is at the helm, Nagby will never be called up again. And I can kind of understand this, believe it or not. I know all of you who listen to the show know that I am not that big of a fan of Jurgen Klinsmann. So I'm actually in the middle on this. I can, I can see both sides of the argument. It is an honor to dress up for the U.S. men's national team. To don the colors of the red, white, and blue is not something you take lightly. No matter if you are playing 10 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game, 90 minutes a game, 120 minutes should it be in a tournament. It is an honor. It's not something you take lightly. It is not, it is not a club team where you get to go to the coach and say, you know what, I, you're not playing me a lot, please trade me. You don't get that option at the international level. So for Nagby to say, look, I don't feel like I'm being used properly, it's the U.S. men's national team. Yes, Klinsman plays players out of position, driving many fans nuts. Nevertheless, guys are getting called up, and you should take that honor for what it is, which is a huge honor, and put that red, white, and blue shirt on, and hopefully you get used. If you don't, you're still donning the red, white, and blue. So I can understand Klinsman saying, hey, if you don't understand the circumstances of what it means to play for the U.S. men's national team, if you're not willing to go where I want you to go, then yeah, you're not going to get called up. So I get that. I totally do. On the other side, uh, you do want to know, was there a conversation? Did Nagby talk to Klinsman? And if so, what was said in that conversation? Was was Darlington respectful in this conversation? Did he, did he say to Jurgen, you know, look, I, I want to play for you, but I'm dedicated to my club as well. And if I'm not going to get proper minutes, if I'm going to put all this work in during training camp for the men's national team and then not play, I don't want to be taken away from my club. The club is the one who pays me my livelihood. 
And if that is the case, I don't want to go somewhere where I'm going to risk injury, mainly for training. So this is not a black and white issue. This is definitely an issue that there's a lot of gray area. And you wonder, you wonder who it is, what words were said, why this officially happened. But nevertheless, at the end of the day, word is Jurgen Klinsman is not happy with Darling Nagby. Nagby not happy with Klinsman. And basically, it's a uh, Darlington is done with the U.S. men's national team as far as Klinsman is concerned. Moving on now from uh, from that issue over to the U.S. women's national team. Of course, the women take uh, sorry took on Switzerland, beat them in the first game. Uh, I'm sorry, they they yeah they beat them in the first game, and most recently they beat them in their game up in Minneapolis. Now look, I'm a Packers fan, but I got to say that U.S. Bank Stadium that the Vikings play in and where the U.S. women played the second game against Switzerland is outstanding, as well as was the U.S. women's national team downing Switzerland five to one. Uh, just a few takeaways from this. I got to say. Carly Lloyd, she didn't play much with the Houston Dash this year, uh, mainly mainly because she's been injured. However, fantastic time in Switzerland and uh, a fantastic game as well on Sunday overall for the team. A few players that I was really impressed with over these past couple of games. Crystal Dunn, of course. I think she has solidified her place in the U.S. women's national team. She's one of those players that quite possibly Jill Ellis builds around. She's young, she's fast, she's so incredibly skillful, unpredictable with that ball, reads the game so well. I was actually surprised how well she did when she was put in midfield rather than playing up top and how strong she was. Uh, Kristen Press as well, doing extremely well for the U.S. women's national team. Uh, Two more players that I would like to highlight. Lynn Williams course she comes on scores a goal just after a few seconds of making her debut and we see Ojai do the exact same thing comes on in the 81st minute in the second game basically just to uh, get a few minutes but within seconds of being substituted she scores a goal as well so really well done by Jill Ellis bringing in these younger players now one interesting thing to note here is that a lot of these players aren't super young. Crystal Dunn a little younger, but you look at someone like Lynn Williams, who's in her 20s. So why did it take so long? Well, this is what Jill Ellis was talking about the other day. She wants more players to get an opportunity. And that's the great thing about having a league like the NWSL, where that allows players to showcase their talents against world-class players in the women's game. Uh, You know, I ran into Jill Ellis at the NWSL championship game, and that was one of the things we talked about was Crystal Dunn scoring a goal, Sam Mua scoring a goal in the first half. She was excited to see these these younger players get in there. Uh, but uh, some of these players, again, in their 20s, it's hard to say that they're young when you're looking at a sporting career. But the fact of the matter is, maybe they were overlooked. And a league like the NWSL gives them the opportunity to showcase, hey, you missed me, but I can play this game. Uh, some people were saying Lynn Williams needs to do better with the ball scoring goals. Uh, listen, I understand at, she's had a couple of games with the women's national team, but the fact of the matter is she was scoring goals like crazy for the Western New York Flash. Perhaps there's just a period in there now where she needs to uh, figure out how to play at the international level, but I would not say don't call her up again at this point. 
She's going to be an important player, I think, to the U.S. women's national team. For sure, Crystal Dunn, though, she, she's the youngster that you are going to be looking at into the future. Carly Lloyd with that veteran experience showing that she still belongs with the U.S. women's national team. Jill Ellis is prepping for 2019. you got to believe that Carly Lloyd is in those plans. you got to believe that Crystal Dunn is in those plans. I know, Baxter, I see that you text me saying you want to call in. Hey, man, it's crazy being by myself here. I'm using two different phones, so we'll get you on soon, my friend. I'd love to have you on, and and we certainly will. However, we do got to get to our next break here. Over on the other side, calling in on the shopfutsal.com line will be Kristen Edmonds of the Orlando Pride. So make sure you stay tuned for that interview. I'm looking here my trying to play a commercial and uh well this is what happens when simon's in the studio trying to go to break here and i'm getting no sound out of my computer so i'll figure this out but i will see you on the other side if there is silence stay with us folks you're listening to two up front presented by three lines pub
Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. All right, fans, it's been a great show so far. I had time to talk with Andy Davi. Talked about the U.S. women's national team, the uh, the rift that's between Klinsman and Nagby. And now we move on to our shopfutsal.com call in line with the leading goal scorer of the Orlando Pride, Kristen Edwards. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, Kristen, obviously Orlando Pride, an expansion team. What did it mean to the city of Orlando to have an NWSL club playing uh, alongside with, uh, obviously, the MLS side, Orlando City? Yeah, um, I mean, I know that um, the city itself and all the fans are really, really excited to have a women's club um, come into the NWSL and to have it in their home city was um really exciting for them um and i think that you know that's just gonna continue to grow um the city accepted us with open arms and everybody's amazing and orlando's awesome i love it i love it down there yeah i was just down there with my family uh well not just down there but in january and it's it's a beautiful place um speaking of beautiful things as i mentioned you're the the golden boot winner for Orlando Pride. What did it mean to be you personally? Obviously, it was a tough year overall with the team, but what did it mean to you personally to uh, take this extan- expansion club and and be its leading goal scorer in its first year? Um, I mean, yeah, for me, it was uh, definitely a growing year for me. Um, obviously, playing in the back in the NWSL um, with the flash, I didn't have as many opportunities to you know get forward and um, get on goal as much. But you know, I love the role that I play on on the pride and um scoring a goal that feeling is it's kind of unexplainable but um i mean yeah I'm, I'm happy that i can just contribute and um gonna look look to do do the same uh, next season for them yeah i'd mentioned that you were with the flash does it does it eat at you just a little bit <laughs> that uh, you were with the flash last year and this is the year they win the championship yeah i mean to be honest it doesn't eat at me because I'm, I'm really happy where i am and I love playing for the Pride. Um, I'm really happy for the girls that are there. Um, uh, I'm just, you know, they're really young, and, and I'm proud proud of the girls that, that got it done this season, and good for them. Absolutely. it was. Uh, I was down yeah. there at the NWSL Championship, and w- one thing you got to say is what an incredible game overall between the Spirit and the Flash. I mean, that if you want a, if you want an exciting championship game, that's the way you have it. Yeah, I mean, all of the, all of the playoff games, you know, I watched, I watched both semifinals and obviously the final, and they were all really, really exciting. Um, not only was it good for the teams, but I think it was good for the league as well, you know, showing that um, you can come support us. We're going to give you excitement. They are, we do play good soccer. The games, you know, are, um, you, you know, you can come in and learn from them and, and you'll, you'll definitely get a show. And all the teams that made it um, had really good seasons and, you know, obviously the Flash uh Getting that last spot came down to the very last game of the regular season, and then bringing bringing home the championship. You know, good for them. That's that's amazing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the the league is obviously ever improving. So the, the pride had a tough year. You expect that from an expansion team. But one thing you can say is, hey, you guys didn't finish last. Um, you know, but it, it had to be an incredibly difficult year. You've had a number of players, not just the U.S. players, but you had players called up to the Australian national team, Canadian national team. You're a new club. I know your coach had talked about how even before your first game, that was really the, I think it was a day before your first game is when you finally had every single player in camp for the first time. So what does it mean? Yeah. What does it mean next year when perhaps you don't have to deal with as many call-ups? Is, do we see a pride that's going to be uh, night and day from what we saw this year? 
Um, I mean, I don't know about night and day because I think that early in the season, you know, when we had everybody, we were doing really well. Uh, we all clicked. Um, we were actually winning a lot of games and a lot of close games. Um, and, you know, with our national team players from all of our national teams that we had on, on our team this year, um, when they all left, it was a big chunk of our team that was leaving um, and a big, a big chunk of our starting team that was leaving. Um, so I think that kind of hurt us a bit. Um, and then we, we kind of struggled at the end of the season. You know, we lost people to injury and things like that. Um, so I think definitely next year you'll see more of what we brought to in the beginning of the season. Um, and then obviously we'll, we'll step that up a notch as well. Um, so, I mean, we had high hopes for, for our first year. And I think that um, if, if we didn't lose so many people all at once, we, we would have done a bit better. But, I mean, I am very, very looking forward to next season. I'm really, really excited to see how everything turns out. Um, and I think that we can do really well in this league. Uh, moving on to a more personal side, and, and this is not to take away from your talents whatsoever, but obviously in training you get to play with players like Alex Morgan and Ashlyn Harris, who, yeah. uh, you know, obviously Ashlyn just had that great game against Switzerland. You missed out by by one single year with playing with Carly Lloyd at Rutgers. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what does it mean for you, or not mean for you, but what is it like to train with players like an Ashlyn Harris or an Alex Morgan? I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, they're you know, on the field, off the field, they're great people. Um, they're really inspiring to play, inspiring to play with. Um, I consider myself, you know, honored and lucky to be able to play with people of that quality, you know, every day in training. And even when I was with the Flash my first year, I was actually able to play with Carly. And, you know, I still keep in contact with her. Um, you know, we're still friends. Um, but, you know, to play with anybody that plays for their national team and represents, you know, your country is, is going to be something pretty special. Well, and one of the things for you is is you're a bit of a world traveler. You know, we've talked to plenty of players who've <laughs> uh, played in the Australia Double W League, but I can tell you we have not talked to a single person who's played in the Russian Premier League. I got to know what was that like. I mean, I, I have to imagine the travel was a bit insane with how large that country is as well, and and how cold it can be. If you can shed some light on for our listeners on what it's like to play in the Russian Premier League. Um, I honestly had an amazing experience. I know if you talk to people from that league, you'll, you'll get some people that who loved it, some people who hated it. Um, but for me, my experience was unbelievable. Um, the, the fact that I got to play in champions league and travel all over Europe was something that I really, really wanted to do, um, playing soccer. And I was just really grateful to have the opportunity to get to Russia. Um, I mean, it was, we're playing, you know, the top the top talent in the world. So, um, being able to to like I said, play in Champions League and you're playing against Wolfsburg and people from the German national team and then you're playing people obviously that play for the Russian national team and, and other countries like that. I mean, it's an experience that I'll definitely never forget. Um, the weather was a bit cold. <laughs> um, I went from Russia to Western New York, so the winter was a bit similar. Um, in Russia, it lasted a little bit longer. Well, at least in your um, career. I definitely don't miss the cold. Yeah, at least in your career, you, you've made it to warmer weather. <laughs> yes, exactly. Everybody was telling me, they're like, you just, you're on polar opposites. It's really, really hot and humid in Florida and freezing cold and you're playing basically in snow in Russia but um I mean I, I honestly wouldn't take that ba- take back that opportunity for the world um 
I loved it. Um, I don't know if I would ever go back to play there, but it was definitely a memorable experience for me, and I, I really enjoyed my time over there. Awesome. Well, one of the things I, I do want to touch upon, we had your teammate Sarah Hagen on, who Baxter and I have a, uh, I, I guess I would call it a, a location connection as she was born in Appleton. We are we air out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, but you and I actually have a personal connection. I, I don't know how many times you would hear this. I was shocked when I saw that you're from Metuchen, New Jersey. My 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 family I and I yes, <laughs> my family and I actually <laughs> lived there for just a couple of months back in 2008, and we absolutely love Metuchen. Is that no way? That's crazy. Yes. It's like the smallest town. Exactly. In the world. <laughs> Not only is it the smallest town for for the listeners out there, what you got to understand is Metuchen is completely surrounded by Edison, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, yeah. But We're man, the it's donut hole. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming you know the history about that, or or perhaps you don't, because actually I, I'm a kind of a history guy, and I had to find out why that was. I don't know if you, I don't know um, if you know. Honestly, I don't know. Cool. I so, don't know why history is not really my thing. <laughs> no, I, I got to tell you, it was a fight over stoplights. So Metuchen used to be downtown Edison, and then uh, uh-huh. when they when they wanted to put stoplights in, a bunch of people revolted, and they said we're going to form our own township, and they called it Metuchen. Nice. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it's that's good to know. A little fun <laughs> <back>. <laughs> do you uh, do you, do you get back home often, or is or is Metuchen no longer home for your family? Um, no, I, I'm home every off season. I come home. Um, I coach in my town or in Edison. Um, I do a lot of private training and, um, yeah, I just work with soccer up here and, um, I have like a bunch of people that I work out with up here. My trainer lives in Metuchen. The facility that I train at is in Metuchen. So I'm here all the time and, you know, I'm very, very close with my family. So whenever I have a chance to, to come back home, I usually do just to get some family time. Oh, that's awesome. It's a uh, yeah. certainly a great place to go to. And Kristen, I want to thank you for your time here on Two Up Front. I wish you the best. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I wish you the best in 2017. And uh, thanks for sharing some stories from Russia as well. Always, always good to hear oh, about uh, world travelers. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much again. And uh, you guys have a good rest of the day. Thanks. You too, Kristen. There she goes, Kristen Edmonds calling in on the shopfutsal.com call in line here on 2 Up Front. We're going to take a break. When I come back, we're going to go into our final segment, get Baxter Colburn on the line. See you on the other side.
Welcome back to Two Up Front. Well, it showed that I had like three more minutes on that song, but uh, nevertheless, welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub at the Attention Era Media Studios. Well, folks, it's a reunion of sorts. We are back to being Two Up Front, and not just the lone striker, the false number nine, but uh, Baxter Colburn on the phone with me. Baxter, kind of welcome back into the studio. (laughs) Thank you. Glad to be back. (laughs) Well, I know you've been listening along, Baxter. Uh, very fun interview there with Kristen showing, sharing her views yeah. on the uh, Russian Premier League. And and uh, I, I do want to check in with you about the U.S. women's national team because I know you texted me saying, hey, man, I want to talk about this. And I was like, Baxter, I'm in here by myself. I, I'm doing okay right now, so let me... <laughs> Push all the buttons at the same time, Simon. Nothing will go wrong, I promise. Even this red button? Yeah, push the big red button that says do not press. All right. Well, Bex, what were your takeaways from the uh, U.S. Women's National Team games? Yeah, well, I had the opportunity to watch the the first one. I got to see the second half. I saw pretty much all the goals. Um, and I was able to catch the highlights of the second one just due to traveling. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's it's very obvious that I think Carly Lloyd has established herself still as the best player in the world. I don't think there'd be a lot of people that would argue against that. I mean, the fact that she still is playing at such a high level, even though she's, quote-unquote, a little older than the rest of the crowd, I don't think she shows her age at all, in all honesty. And just seeing her continuously play at her prime is, is something that I think is just absolutely remarkable. But, you know, I think it was it was good for a lot of people to see Lynn Williams and, you know, Akilia Ojai, of course, get on the field. I don't think we should judge Ojai too much by the fact that she only got you know, eight minutes on the field. Uh, you know, she did score a goal, but at the same time, I mean, the ball kind of fell to her and she was, you know, a striker and took a striker's goal and put it away like she's supposed to do. But, you know, we didn't get a bigger sample size from her like we saw from Lynn Williams, who, you know, was all over the place. So I, I think the future is certainly bright, but I'm not ready to, to fully put all my money down and say, yeah, Ohio and Lynn Williams need to be here every single game. But I do, I do want to see them back again. I think they, did, they definitely earned that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you step on the field and, and do what you're supposed to do, no matter how you do it, you score a goal. Yep. You know, with you're given nine minutes and you score a goal within the first minute. Yeah, I think I think you got to be called back in just to see if it was a fluke or not. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and Switzerland's not a horrible team. I mean, they're 15th in the world, but right. at the yeah. same time, there's you know, I would have still loved to see them play a, a France or an England or a Germany or even a Sweden at this point too, just uh play against a little bit higher level and just to see what some of these players are capable of doing against you know some of the world's best that are not in the nwsl yeah i I completely agree with that well baxter let's uh let's move on to major league soccer one thing i want to talk to you before we get to our power rankings so you know maybe we do a little stoppage time here on two up front um have you seen the news about michael bradley and ac milan going after him um i had yeah I, i had heard that there were rumors that he was thinking about it. Um, since I've been traveling, I haven't had the chance to see as much. Can you can you keep me up to date about what's going on here? Yeah, well, th- that's that's basically it. It's just right now a transfer rumor, but uh, it's been said that hmm. the Serie A teams have been watching Michael Bradley ever since he left yeah. Roma. And uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. Right, you, you got to wonder at some point. You know, I mean, Michael Bradley's. He's loaded right now with money. You know, he's making six and a half million a season. <laughs> I think it gets to a point where you know people are saying, "Does he want to go back over to Italy and prove himself?" I think in his mind, he's got nothing to prove. He's been, he had a fantastic uh, 2010 World Cup. You know, obviously 2014, different story there, but still gets to the yeah. uh, you know knockout rounds in both his World Cups. 
I, I don't know how much more he has to prove other than he maybe wants to go back to Europe. And, and if you can play with a storied club like AC Milan, it's hard to not jump at that opportunity no matter where you are in your career. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I would say the only thing that he maybe has to prove is that he's still good because, let's be honest, the last calendar year for Michael Bradley's been pretty terrible. Yeah, for anybody uh, that yeah. follows him as a player, like we, if you're looking at a pure resume, fantastic, one of the best, you know, midfielders the U.S. has ever seen, or is probably going to see. But if you want to, if you're looking for someone to justify how good he currently is, I mean, he got one goal and five assists this year. He's played in 24 games, which is which is you know decent, I guess, but it's not something that you ask when, when you've got potentially one of the faces of U.S. soccer playing for your club, and you expect a lot better from him. And people were absolutely barraging him for how terrible he played at Copa America. So I think he's trying to maybe get while the, while the, while the iron's still kind of good. He's like, well, hey, if I can go play for AC Milan, people are going to be like, oh, Michael Bradley plays for AC Milan, not, oh, he plays for Toronto. FC. Right, yeah, exactly. You know, and one of the things that was on uh, SB Nation on their Stars and Stripes section, it had mentioned, mm-hmm. and I think this is a great point, that if AC Milan is really serious about this, you know, technically, age-wise, Michael Bradley's still in his prime. So yeah. this yep. would be a good time for TFC to unload the, unload him and, and get some of that money back and perhaps find somebody else who's a little bit younger at this point to play in that midfield. I would agree with that, yeah. And he has Serie A experience. I mean, he played for Roma exactly. all back in 2014. And so he, he knows the league. He knows, you know, for the most part, what it all takes. And, and AC Milan has been one of those clubs that has predominantly been a, a midfield-heavy kind of club. And they could certainly use a, a veteran player that, like you said, has a lot of life left in him to, to come in and you know keep them moving along in Syria. Because when's the last time you really, really heard that AC Milan was rolling through Europe? It's no, exactly right, right. Uh, you do wonder if if part of this trying to get Michael Bradley is their way of. Uh, trying to get back in the upper echelons of, of Syria, but of course many people are going to say Michael Bradley's not the player to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would agree with that, but I mean at the same time, I think if you're any club in Europe, you're also from a financial standpoint probably looking, saying, how can we market our club to the United States who yep. have you know, yes. probably the biggest you know, gathering of soccer fans across the board, regardless of how much we may or may not know about the game, depending on who you're talking to. But if you take one of the you know the golden boys, supposedly of the United States national team, and toss them on AC Milan, how many AC Milan Michael Bradley jerseys are you going to well, sell? You know, and now that you people say, are going to start tracking. And now that now that you say that, you almost wonder they they look over at Swansea and go, wait, Bradley, that's a good name to have for uh, for American yeah, yeah, selling exactly. merchandise. <laughs> people people are talking about Swansea City, even though nobody in their right mind should be talking about Swansea City. They're talking about Swansea yeah, City. I mean, they are, and all and you, know, and you know they got a point this last weekend. So Bob Bradley yeah, gets his first exactly. ever EPL point. Yeah. Uh, well, so ships- I, I think it would be a from a marketing perspective. Yes, I think if AC Milan does it, they're gonna they're doing it. I think more so from a financial standpoint than they are from the fact of who they're actually. Hey, but it, it, what yeah. I say is, if if that gets U.S. players over in Europe to these storied clubs exactly. and they actually play, fine, so be it. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are officially supposed to be officially at the end of the show, but we're going to give people some bonus minutes today, Baxter. Let's uh, let's move on. Did you bring your power cord this week? I brought my power cord. (laughs) 
<laughs> I checked my bag about perfect. 15 times today, making sure that power cord was in there. Perfect, uh, perfect. Speaking of power, you see what I did there? Let's uh, let's talk about our final power rankings of the season. As, uh, yeah. Of course, MLS. Crazy. The MLS season is done now. Where the heck did it go? It did. It did. It's, it's all over. Uh, Portland Timbers, Columbus Crew, first time ever that both MLS Cup mm. uh, finalists from the year before both sit outside of the playoffs. Uh, well, let's be honest. Nobody thought that Columbus was going to trade Kai Kamara midseason, and nobody thought Portland's back line was going to get chopped down. Well, it's so funny. I I was listening to another show earlier yesterday, and uh, the pundit down there was talking about how, you know, people keep talking about Portland's injuries. They they haven't suffered any more injuries than than any other team in the league. And I got to look at that and say, I I think you're wrong. They've, I mean, they're, they're, they're back four in that Vancouver game. Yeah. Ridgewell wasn't even in there. Exactly, yeah. I mean, think about the injuries, and you've talked about this a hundred times on the show. Think about the players that got injured and the players that they transferred out. Any team that would lose those players on any front, whether they've been sold or injured, no one's coming back from that. There's exactly. no way that the Red Bulls or NYCS, well, NYCS is off on defense, but, you know, any, you talk about any of these top teams in MLS, if they were to lose those versions of their players and transfer those versions of those players out, there's no chance any of those teams no. would have been as good as they are. No. So, uh, nevertheless, whatever whatever you want to say about it, Portland out of the playoffs, Columbus out of the playoffs. Yep. But, Baxter, I see you pulled assignment on your power rankings, which I haven't done that in a while. But, nevertheless... Uh, <laughs> I did, yeah. I, I don't know if you're sitting at a computer and you can remember your power I rankings. Am. Okay, perfect, yep, perfect. I'm sitting in front of it right now. So, since, you, since you're, to... you're basically the honored guest today, why don't, why don't you start with your number five? Oh, thank you. My my number five is Toronto FC. I think that because of how that they have finished off the season, I think the way that they've they've played as a whole. I mean, I, the way I I don't know how you're how you're viewing your power rankings, but I'm kind of looking at these power rankings as these are my five slash six best teams in MLS overall. Like you know, the last couple of games, but also like if I needed a team to go to bat in the in the playoffs, this is a team that I would you know be getting behind and. Toronto FC for me, you know, they're coming back with Giovinco. They're they're still doing really well. You know, they they're gonna, they finished third in the East. They're a team that knows how to put the ball in the back of the net, and I think that they're they're in my in my mind the, the fifth best team in MLS right now. Yeah, I tell you what, if if uh, people see what I'm talking about, but I, I completely agree with you. And actually, if uh, if I was thinking, I would have put them in fifth with DC United as well, because I think both those teams are. Mm-hmm. Pretty much on the same level. DC United losing to Orlando—that was a bit of su- of a surprise, <laughs> uh, and in the fashion that they lost. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I looked. At, I was trying to track. I didn't get a chance to track the scores until I think last night is when I finally checked in, or even early this morning. And I, I looked at all the games, and I, I just. I shook my head and I said, "Welcome to MLS, where nothing makes that's sense right exactly. every single yes. week." Yes. I'm like, "Nothing." I just, how does Vancouver suddenly wake up and destroy <laughs> right. Portland four to one? Like, how did TFC almost lose to Chicago? Like, where does? I, well, you know, I that's, just, that's I actually. Understand. I do want to say that's actually <laughs> one of the worrying things that uh, TFC has been giving up some goals lately, and uh, yeah, yeah, it, exactly. It does make me wonder, and that's why I would have them at number five and not any higher in my rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have exactly. you have DC at number four. I've got the Seattle Sounders at number four. I do think they are a better team, even with the injuries they've had. Uh, look, they've won two games now without Alonzo, who, for the most part, he was the reason they were winning games. The way him and, and Ladero were playing together, but Ladero has seemed to take this team on his shoulders and said, "You know what? It's mine. Let's go, boys." So I've got them at number four. 
Okay, yeah, I've got D.C. at number four for me. Uh, I mean, despite that that 4-2 loss to Orlando, look, this D.C. United team is still a very good team. Nobody gave them any credit coming into the season. Nobody gave them credit even a month and a half ago. And suddenly they blew through the Eastern Conference standings. They're in fifth or they're in fourth place. So they're going to have to play a knockout round game, you know. But they're they're still a good team. They're, they're Patrick Mullins, Patrick Nyer. Yes. So this team is young and they're dynamic, and uh, they're really going to, I think, impress a lot of people. Acosta, and Acosta's another player in there, too, as well, That's that's been playing well yeah. for them. Uh, so we've already talked a bit about Seattle. Anything else you want to add as you've got them at number three? Seattle still is, is that team for me that they just they terrify me. Any team from Seattle, whether it's the Seahawks or the Sounders, you never know what you're going to get, and it's the team you don't want to have play your favorite team because you're just like, I think we could beat them, but I really don't know because they could also turn it around and just absolutely destroy us at any given day. And I think the pairing of Alonzo and Ladero going into the playoffs with a, with a rested Jordan Morris and Stephen Fry and Chad Marshall is going to be a combination that a lot of teams might struggle to, to defend against, in all honesty. I mean, you, you talk about it, they play Sporting Kansas City. I'll be shocked if Sporting wins this game in total honesty. Seattle's a much better team, and I think that they're going to go to a two-game two game, uh, playoff series in the Western Conference. Well, in the CenturyLink field, you know, it's, it's a tough place to play. And, of course, I mentioned er- earlier in the show, Baxter, I don't know if you realize this, Brad Davis announced his retirement. So yeah. not only is yep. this Seattle Sounders versus Sporting Kansas City, it's the Zach Scott retirement party versus the Brad Davis retirement party. So I actually do yeah. think it's going to affect this game a bit because both these teams are going to want to win for these lifelong MLSers. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you on that one. But Seattle's still the better team. I mean, yes, like I, I agree. Said, I'm sure we'll talk about this on Thursday more too. But like, I'd be surprised if, if Seattle lost this game. In all honesty. Oh uh, well, moving on in our power rankings, uh, I've got FC Dallas at number three. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the next couple teams here, Baxter. I got FC yeah, Dallas at number three, NY City. Or NY City. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. New York City at sense, number yeah. two. You've got both FC Dallas and New York City as number two, and that's that's where you pulled the Simon. You put two teams in one slot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fair it's enough, been, though. It's been Fair a long enough. time since that happened, but I've been hanging around you too long, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you my reasoning. Um, FC Dallas limped into that supporter shield with that draw. Granted, it's still a supporter shield, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not convinced like I was before that this team is able to go on and win MLS Cup without Diaz. They've got you know Barrios is still playing wonderful. Arudi has stepped up obviously. Uh, Chris Seitz in goal has has been doing really well, but I just don't know without their general in the midfield. If if they're able to go forward and win this, so that's that's why I have them at number three, and it's the opposite for New York City FC. They are just so on fire, uh, via uh, just missing out on that golden boot to Bradley Wright Phillips. And, uh, <laughs> did you sh- see the video of the goal that he uh, he hit off the top corner? No, I did not. Oh my God! It was he was basically that close to, to getting the golden boot, but he he bent a gorgeous ball, hit the top right corner of the of the goal, ricocheted across the face of goal, hit off the far post, and then bounced out. <laughs> that's, was, that's destiny saying, nope, 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 nope. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's the old uh, Dikembe Matumbo. was controlling the gravity of the ball, right. saying, no, 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 the Red Bulls need to win. They need, they need to... Hate to hate to say it, Baxter, but I wouldn't put it put that past the league sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. The league really wants the Red Bulls to win. Let's be honest. Uh, anything you want to add about those two teams who you have both at number two? 
yeah, my, my biggest thing with that is that, I mean, yeah, you've got to see Dallas that wants to support our shield. They're obviously not the best team in the league, because uh, uh, we have, you know, Red Bulls at number one for both of us again. But uh, my, my concern is just both teams counter each other. I mean, you take Devin Villa out of NYCFC, you know, how good is this team? You know, it, overall, they've allowed 57 goals this year. That's the most in MLS. Well, it's one of the, one of the top most. Uh, it's in the top four for most goals allowed. So that that's a little concerning. FC Dallas, they've only allowed 40 goals, you know, so they've they're obviously been a little bit stronger defensively. But I, I looked at these teams, and I never really come down to the fact that I was like, this game would have to go to penalty kicks because I have no idea who I think the better team is overall right now. Even without Mario Diaz, FC Dallas, we know, is a very, very good team. And... I still think that they they could maybe beat NYCFC and vice versa, depending on the day. I mean, it's a game of game of inches. You never really know who would win on any given day. So they, they're for me. I was like, they both have to be number two. I can't really justify going anywhere else. Well, staying in New York, or of course, many would argue, no, you're going to New Jersey now. But uh, our number one team, as they have been for weeks, who finishes the season with a 16-game unbeaten streak and a Golden Boot winner in Bradley Wright Phillips, is the New mm-hmm. York Red Bulls. And they're good. They're a darn good team, let's be honest, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's not much more you can say other than, to me, four, two through five, you could make an argument that they could go in any of these places. But the best team in the league right now is the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, plus 17 goal differential. Uh, I mean, they won 13 games at home this year. This team is, you know, is probably the best team, if not one of the best teams that the league has seen in maybe the last five or six years. I mean, regardless of how good those Galaxy teams were a couple of years ago as well. But Bradley Wright Phillips and Sasha Question are playing on another level right now. And if this Red Bulls team doesn't make it to MLS Cup, I think there's going to be some rioting in the streets. Absolutely. Well, oh, let's turn that down there, Baxter. Careful. I, careful. Was, I was doing so well until I blasted my ears here with the uh, final part of the music. Anyways, Baxter, we got to run. We, we've been doing 11 minutes now of extra time. Any closing thoughts <laughs> for today's show while I got you on the phone? Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's exciting to see that this MLS season has, has concluded the way it did. Um, I was nice to see the Revolution get a, to get a win against a, a depleted Montreal side, but... I mean, I think the playoffs are going to be fun. Toronto, Philly, LA, RSL, DC, Montreal, and Seattle Sporting. Those games are going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, I, I'm in LA right in, right now, but uh, I also have the premiere of the movie we have here, unfortunately, so I can't sneak over to that LA Galaxy game <laughs> as much as I would. As much as I would. So if you, you see me randomly uh, go rogue to the premiere on Wednesday night, you'll know that's where I am. But, uh, uh, no, I, I love soccer. I, I'm thrilled, and I think that this is going to be some exciting first round action. And, it's been, a, been another great year of soccer, not only in the NWSL, but also MLS as well. Absolutely. Well, Baxter, I'm going to call an audible, even though this is a soccer show. Uh, let's let's do predictions for the first two games since they do kick off tomorrow night. Sure. Uh, and I'll just I'll just replay this music. We got Toronto FC taking on Philadelphia. Who do you got for that? Uh, Toronto FC, Philadelphia, just has continuously crashed and burned. And TFC is just a much better team, especially at their at their home as well. Couldn't agree with you more. I got TFC as well. How about the LA Galaxy and Real Salt Lake? This is in LA, as you said. It is. It's in LA. It could be a little bit of a toss-up, but uh, I don't think Nick Armando is going to be able to really carry RSL. He, we, we've seen him struggle recently, and I think the Galaxy are going to. They've also done a good job of being able to win at home here. And you know, they're eight-one and eight at home. I don't see them really struggling too much 
at home, and I think it's going to be a close game. It won't be a big flashy game, but I think LA still wins the game. Yeah, I actually, I, I think this is going to be an extra time game, just like this show is today, and uh, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say Real Salt Lake surprises everybody and wins this one. Mm, I mean, I wouldn't be that surprised if it happened because, you know, soccer, but that's you never right. know. Not only is it soccer, specifically MLS. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. All right, my friend. Well, I'm going to let you go and close out the show myself. Great having you on the phone. No Thanks for sharing your thoughts. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. See you soon, Baxter. Yep. There he goes, Baxter Colburn on the shopfutsal.com call in line. A little bonus action for you. Folks, I want to thank you for tuning in, for staying with me. Hey, computer stayed alive the entire time. Make sure you tune in Tuesdays and Thursdays, 12 to 1 p.m. Central, live on Spreaker. You can also find us on Spreaker On Demand. Other places you can find us on demand, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Vavil USA, Sports Podcasting Network. You can also find us, our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com. I sincerely want to thank Andy Davi for stopping in, giving us some updates on the Milwaukee Torrent, as well as a great conversation with Kristen Edmonds, the leading goal scorer of the Orlando Pride. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Proven, and of course at Two Upfront. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. With our manager being the one above, we are Two Upfront. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.